0: Welcome to the Calvary Baptist Church Podcast, where we share weekly sermons from our church services. We're so glad you've decided to join us today. We are a multi-generational family church located in the heart of Little Rock. Calvary's mission is to glorify God by making disciples who make disciples. Whether you've long been part of our church family or are tuning in for the first time, we hope our podcast provides the same kind of welcoming space you'd find here on Sunday mornings. Most of all, we hope this space helps you engage God's word and grow in your faith.
1: Well, happy Mother's Day to everyone in the room. Uh, Mom, if you're watching online, I just want to say, I'm sorry. You were always right. I apologize for those teenage years. (laughs) You know, I love um, days like Mother's Day and Father's Day, because it creates an opportunity to have conversations that we wouldn't normally have, to maybe reflect on our parents, reflect on our mothers, specifically on a day like this. And I love asking questions about people's mothers on days like this. Earlier this morning, as we were getting ready, I asked Rick Couch, I said, what's the one piece of advice your mother gave you, or the best piece of advice she gave you that you remember today? And he said, it's simple, shut up. <laughs> and then he went on to give a real answer about being a hard worker. But in the, in the spirit of that, that answer, I will be brief this morning as we talk and as I just share a few observations about uh, the blessing that mothers are and how mothers and motherhood really point us to the image of God. In Genesis, we see that all of us are created in God's image. All of us bear God's image, meaning that when we look at our fellow humans, we can learn something about God. We can see the mark of the Creator on the created. And God established Motherhood. God created mothers, and therefore it is good. And therefore, when we look at mothers, when we look at motherhood, I believe that we can learn things about God. I believe that mothers, as you are raising children, you are bearing the image of God in the work that you are doing. And I'd like to take a moment this morning while we're speaking on motherhood, uh, and just establish that this conversation, this dialogue we're having doesn't just apply to those biological mothers in the room. I'm sure many of us have women in our lives who have poured into us and cared for us, whether they are a biological parents or not. I myself am the product of many strong women uh, my mom, my aunt, my grandmother, various members of the church I grew up in all poured into me and all pr- played a role in mothering me as I grew up. And I think we should also acknowledge in this space before we dive in that the subject of motherhood can be difficult for many people in the room, can be difficult for many women, in the room, there may be women with us who long to be a mother, but for one reason or another are not or have not had a child. And if that's you just more this morning, I just want to take a moment and reassure you that God sees you, God hears your prayers, and that you are not alone. And if there are likely other women in the church who are in the same season you're in or have been at one point. So, with all these things in mind, let's look at how we can see the image of God in motherhood. The first way I believe we can see the image of God in motherhood is through a mother's compassion. Exodus 34:6 says, Yahweh, the Lord, the God of compassion and mercy, I am slow to anger and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. A few observations about this passage is that this is the first time God describes his own character in scripture. And we see that he describes himself as compassionate, as caring, full of mercy, slow to anger. Another thing that is interesting about this passage, this verse, is that the word compassion there in Hebrew is rachum. Now, you may not know what that means, and that's fine, but that's the Hebrew word there, and that is very close related to the noun rachem, which means womb, as in the place a mother would carry her child while she is pregnant. And this was intentional by God. This wasn't an accident. He was very intentional in the language he is using. And the people of Israel would have easily noticed this connection. And I love this passage, especially as we focus on mothers and think about Mother Day, that God is intentionally linking his love to that of a mother who cares for a child. This connection to the word womb invokes an image of tender care of an infant when it is the most vulnerable. As a mom has compassion for their child, love for their child, so God has compassion towards his people. Another way we see the image of God through mothers is through a mother's protection. If your mother is like mine, she is very protective of you. You may think she's overprotective of you, overbearing of you. I remember when we moved to Little Rock, my mom got both my wife and I for Christmas the gift of a taser and a stun gun. (laughs) She's very protective of us. (laughs) Perhaps your mom would do something similar. Uh, we see this idea of protection picked up on as Jesus is teaching in the New Testament in Matthew twenty three thirty seven, He says, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones, God messengers, how often I have wanted to gather your children together as a hen protects her chicks beneath her wings. But you wouldn't let me. And now, look, your house is abandoned and desolate. God's compassion towards us leads him to be protective of us. I want to show you an image we have up on the screen. And this here is an image of a hen protecting her her chicks under her wings. I found this online. And what is going on here, this is a rainstorm that came about suddenly as this hen and her chicks were, were out and about. This rain came about. Without hesitation, she gathered her chicks under her wings and protected them. What's interesting is that prolonged exposure to rain can be dangerous for chickens, and especially chicks, as it can oversaturate their feathers and lead to their body temperature to quickly drop, and they can die because of that. So in order to protect her chicks, she took the full force of the rain herself to ensure their safety. And God offers the same protection for us today. His compassion for us leads to this protection of us. And one thing that's interesting about hens and chicks, when these situations arise, and the mother offers protection from harm, her chicks don't always take advantage of this. Some will continue to put themselves in harm's way despite the coverage that is intended for them. We see that even the nation of Israel did this in that verse when Jesus was talking about God wanted to offer this protection over you but he says, but you wouldn't let me. They would not receive the protection God wanted to offer over them. And I think if we're honest, we, we do the same, right? We're prone to not take advantage of the protection God has given us. We're just as prone to disobey our parents, disobey our mothers, to be that stubborn chick who refuses shelter when it's good for us. Moms, maybe you have a child who is a stubborn chicken sometimes in your household, and you're trying to do what's best for them, and they just seem not to want to listen. There is a well-known story in my wife's family um, that my wife was a rather strong-willed, you would say, Child um, had her, when she got an idea, she wanted to to do it, which led to them actually buying a book on the subject called How to Raise a Strong-Willed Child because they were in need of assistance. And this has become a bit of a a running joke in their family. So maybe you're raising a strong-willed child. I think we can relate that to the Old Testament when God calls his people a stiff-necked people. We can be stubborn, right? We cannot want to receive the protection that God has offered us, that he has given us, not want to listen to the guidance. There were a lot of things, a lot of advice my mom told me when I was growing up that I did not fully understand until I got older, why she had certain restrictions in place, why she would not let me do certain things. But now as I get older, I can understand the protection she was working to put in place. It's the same in our relationship with God. God puts protections in place and in the moment. It may not, we may not understand why, but it's always for our good. God's word, every no from God is for our good, even when it is difficult. It's like oftentimes our parents will tell us no, and it's for our own safety, it's for our own Good. Yet despite the stubbornness we have, God's compassion remains. His compassion leads to his protection, and then ultimately God's protection leads to sacrifice. And the last thing I want us to talk about is that we can see the image of God in the mother's sacrifice. There's a rather well-known story in the Old Testament in the book of Kings, where two mothers, uh, two women, come before King Solomon. And one of these women's baby has tragically passed away, has tragically died. And in her turmoil and anguish, this mother who lost her child decides to steal the baby from another mother who she is dwelling with. They're sharing a living space. And when confronted by this, the woman who stole the child claims, oh, this is mine. Maybe It was your child who, who passed away. This is my child. And this dispute clearly becomes very serious and prolonged, for it ultimately makes its way in front of King Solomon, the ruling king of the day. And the women present their case and begin arguing back and forth, back and forth, back and forth to the king. And to find the true mother, Solomon proposes the idea, intentionally an intentionally drastic-sounding idea of splitting the child in two and giving one half to each woman. He lays this out in front of them, knowing that the real mother would never want such a thing to befall her child. And the second woman, the true mother, is distraught by this. It says in First Kings 3.26, Then the woman, who is the real mother of the living child, and who loved him very much, cried out, Oh no, my Lord, give her the child, please. Do not kill him. In this moment, the real mother would rather her own child be given up than her child die. And this reveals who the true mother was. She is the one who is willing to sacrifice her own desire, her own well-being for that of her child. To say this was painful, to say this will be painful, it was painful for her to make, to make this decision, I am sure, that, you know, I would rather my child be given up than me spend time with that child. She was willing to make the sacrifice. I'm sure it was painful for her to say that, but as long as her child lived, she would be happy and Solomon recognized this and gave the child back to the true mother. Mothers make so many sacrifices for their children, whether it's time, sleep, finances, safety, career, public humiliation. Like, I am so astounded by mothers by just their ability to be in public and have some bodily fluid from their child on them and not just immediately freak out about that. Blows my mind. That would be very difficult for me. But in the sacrifices mothers make, the sacrifices you make, mothering someone, raising someone, you're pointing to God and the sacrifices that he made. I was raised by a single mom and I cannot imagine the sacrifices that she had to make for me. Growing up, when you're a teenager, you really don't appreciate your mother as much as you should. It's not until you get some years on you, you get some life experience, like, oh, wow, like my mom did a lot. My mom did a lot with a little. My, my own mom has shared, she's had that same moment in her life. After I was born and she was raising me, I was a bit of a particular child. Often I would get very distressed if my socks were not pulled up to the exact same height on my calf. I don't know why. I'm the same way a little bit today. But I think in in a moment of frustration, my mom just called her mom, my grandmother, on the phone and just said, I am so sorry. (laughs) For all the times I complained, for all the little things that frustrated me and then became difficult for you. Mom says, you make sacrifices for your children, Know that you're reflecting the sacrifice God made for His children. That you're shining that light. As we close this section, I want to show a picture up on the screen. Now, you may have seen this. This is often seen around Christmas time, around Advent. Uh, this is a a drawing, a piece of art that depicts Eve and also Mary. An imagination, if they were to meet, what might that meeting look like? And I love this image because it reminds me that moms play a vital role in God's story. That the beginning of the story with Eve, a mother, a mother who faced hardship, a mother who saw one of her children murder her other child and had to live with that. All the way through scripture, we see how God uses mothers and uses people to tell his story all the way to to Mary, and everything that she had to face being having an unplanned pregnancy probably the rumors that circulated about her how much her reputation probably suffered because of this to seeing her own son murdered before her eyes on a cross and as you look at this picture Maybe at times in your life, moms, you, you feel like you've made mistakes, like you've done things, like you've messed up your child beyond repair, but I want you to know that God is using you to further his kingdom in the life of your own children, but in the life of those around you. Like I said earlier, if you're in this room and you're not a physical mom, you can still be a spiritual mother to many. You can still offer guidance and wisdom to those in the church. We have young people in the church who need that influence, who need that guidance, who need that wisdom that you have. And as you raise your children as you pour into other children. I just want to thank you for your compassion, for the protection you offer, and for the sacrifices you demonstrate. And I want you to know that as you do those things, that you are mirroring, you're reflecting, you are showing the image of God's compassion and God's protection and God's sacrifice and you're showing these things to a broken world. So thank you for all you do and the amazing ways you help mother your, own, your children and others. As I was preparing this message today, I was really perplexed. Was like, how much can I, a young man with no children, speak about motherhood, right? A bit of a, what am I going to talk about here? And I landed on talking about the characteristics of God and how we see that. Along with that, I think there is value, though, in hearing from someone who is a mother and can speak into this in a way that I never could. So this time I'd like to invite Jordan up to share a brief testimony of the way God has worked in her life and spoken to her uh, as a mother.
2: sit for a moment. All right. So I have the pleasure of leading you all in worship each week. And so this is a little different. Um, and I have the honor of just sharing something that, uh, was impressed upon my heart. Um, and I will admit to you that this all happened last night with the realization that Scott was out, that he was sick and that we're all kind of coming together to, uh, pull the service together. Um, but this is something I've shared before and I'm honored to be able to share it with you today. So I'm going to share something that occurred to me that the Lord uh taught me about a little over a year ago. So if you don't know, um my husband on the drums back there, he and I um have been married 8 years. We have 3 children. They're all boys. So it's always chaos, it never stops. The level is always 10 until they're asleep at night. Um it's amazing. I always, I always felt that God was calling me to be a boy mom, and it was true at every stop. Uh, so we have Heath, who's five. Uh, we have Lyle, who's three. And then we have baby Wayne. He's not so much of a baby anymore, but he's 18 months. And so this all happened. What I'm going to share with you about a, a little over a year ago when he was two, about two months old. Um, if you have raised physical children, um, or if you've adopted children and then raised them from when they were babies, you may be able to relate to this. Um, my other two children were pretty easy. Uh, in fact, Lyle was born right before COVID, so Josh, the whole world shut down, and I was not having to do it by myself. I had my husband there working from home and, and giving me breaks and helping me feed and, and change diapers and things, and so that was a huge blessing, so when we came to round three and we had baby Wayne and we brought him home, he's, he's wonderful, he's perfect, um, but he didn't sleep, like at all, didn't sleep for more than maybe 15 minutes. And you might think, well, that's normal, right? Like no, no baby sleeps well, but I'm talking like he did not sleep. Um, so as much as I loved him, as much as I wanted things to be going great, they just weren't going great. They weren't going well. Um, I don't know that I feel like a lot of women, they deal with things like that. And they, they don't uh, feel like that it's okay to say that because you love your children. They're, they're the greatest blessings that God has given you. But like, it's hard sometimes. It's hard. It's hard to raise two other children when the one that needs you the most uh, won't sleep, won't settle down. You can't put them down. Nothing's working so that was supposed to be a really sweet moment in my life. But if I'm being honest with you, it was one of the darkest moments of my life because I was struggling with some postpartum depression, um, struggling with with loss of sleep and trying to raise our other two boys. And if you can imagine, it's hard to knowing like, okay, God, like I'm a Christian, I'm a believer. You know, I should be able to pull myself up out of this. But nothing that I was doing was working. So there was one afternoon um, in the middle of the week. Um, I guess my other boys might have been at school or they were napping, and I was, I was at my lowest point. I was desperate. Um, I don't reach out often for help, for prayer. Um, but I sent a text out to some family members uh, of mine that are all women, aunts, grandmothers, cousins, my mom, and just said, I need you to pray. Like, right now, I need you to pray. Like, this isn't good, and I'm not going to make it out of this if I if I don't get some sort of sign that we're going to make it through this. And um, so I'm crying. I'm sobbing. Um, just to give you one little detail, my Aunt Amy did respond to me separately. She raised three kids herself and just kind of gave me a little tip and a hint. She said, you know, this sounds a lot like what my son Wyatt went through, and she said, maybe just I know they say don't flip him on his belly. I know that they say that's dangerous. But just, I think, try it. And then maybe we'll just pray that God will protect him. And I'm not, I'm not up here recommending that anybody do that. But in our moments, we were just like, we have tried everything but that. So I'm, y'all, I'm sobbing. I'm sitting in his little chair. Um, I pray I mean I pray I have a relationship with the Lord um reading scripture and things like that as a part of my life but I'm not the kind of person that just prays out loud openly with my hands in the air and if if you want a picture of what it was like I mean makeup all down my face my hair's a mess and I'm in sweatpants and I'm just like Lord please come down and fix this situation because nothing that I have is working. So I'm crying, I'm sobbing. And somehow in the mix of it all, um, my phone was down in the crack of the, the chair and it was recording. Now, you, there's no visual, there's no visual. But I didn't, I didn't do that on purpose. I would never have wanted to record that ugly moment. That was an ugly moment. Um, but later on, I, I pulled my phone back up and, and now looking back, I realized this is, this is like an Ebenezer for me. This is, this is a sign of God's faithfulness. I'm jumping ahead a little bit. Um, so I, I, I flipped him on his belly as my aunt had said, and I just prayed, Lord, protect him. I remember because of that video, I'm like, you know, calm his body, calm his soul, calm his body, calm his soul. Please, Lord, you can do what I can't do. I need you to come down and do this right now. And I prayed that for probably about 15 minutes. um, and then just out of nowhere. It wasn't a it wasn't a gradual thing. He didn't fall asleep slowly. It was just like automatic. And this baby falls asleep. And I mean, I, I'm quietly, I, I'm just sobbing, I'm praising God, giving him all the thanks. Um, and I thought, you know, this is a little too good to be true. <laughs> He's probably gonna wake up here again. But I just said, Lord, even if, even if he, even if this doesn't stick, <laughs> I know that you heard me and know that you're good. Um, but it did stick. Uh, So from that moment on, and and I'm not talking about, we've had sleep regressions. We've had normal moments where we're sick, we're teething. I'm not talking about, it's been a breeze from then. But that moment I knew without a doubt that God came down into that room with me and calmed my child that I could not calm myself. And what I felt, and and I'm I'm like singing, you know, singing quiet worship. I'm I'm just giving him thanks. And what I, I knew and I heard him telling me is this, you're not enough for your children. You by yourself are not enough for your kids. They need more than what you can give them on your own. And that's hard sometimes. We, we wanna be just the best. We wanna give them everything that there is to offer. We wanna set them up for success. Uh, we want to do all the things that we're supposed to do, that we're called to do as mothers and as fathers, um, as grandparents, as aunts, as friends in, in the lives of other people that we're raising up, that we're discipling. We want to do all those things. And let me say, we're, we're called to do all that. We're called to give our best. Um, and I believe that we should give our best. But when you realize, like I realized that day, <laughs> this is why it's not working because I've tried. and, and and I've given, I've done everything that I know to do, but now all that's left is for me to turn my children back over to you because you're the one that can calm the storm. (laughs) That was a storm in my life. I mean, it may sound silly. It may sound small, but to me, when you have a meeting with the Holy God over something that may seem that small, it's not small. Uh, it's big. It's huge. Um, So I I have to continually remind myself of that moment and just remembering that I'm not enough for my kids on my own and I wanna give them myself and I'm called to do that. But the greatest thing that I could ever give to my children is to give them Jesus and uh, to teach them about Jesus, to teach them it's okay when you fail because Jesus (laughs) and to turn back to him and to let them see me modeling my faith and my affections for the God that I serve. And that's what we're called to do as parents. Um, there's a little bit of comfort. There's a little bit of security in that. And there's just a little bit of like, okay, it's not all on my shoulders. It's not all on me to do this alone. We're not alone in any of it. Um, so uh, there's a song, we're not gonna sing it today, but, but uh, there's a song that uh, I learned back in college. And, uh, and band, y'all can come up if you're not on the stage. We're gonna worship here in a moment. But um, there's a song that says, and it's talking about the Lord. She says, you could do more in my waiting than in my doing I could do. And I want to say that again. You can do more in my waiting than in my doing I could do. Because that's who he is. That's how powerful he is. That's how sovereign he is. And that's the God that we serve. Um, so I'm going to read Psalm 16 verses 5 through 11. And uh, then we're going to stand and worship some more. It says this, Lord, you have assigned me my portion and my cup. You have made my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure because you will not abandon me to the grave, nor will you let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with your joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. We have so many promises that we can cling to. And uh, one of those, As we've just discussed, is that, you know, we're not, we don't have to fight this battle alone. We are absolutely um, in a battle, a spiritual battle against the enemy for our children. Uh, We are absolutely in a spiritual battle with the world um, and what they want to teach our children and the ways that they want to direct our children. But we know that God is good and that He won the battle. So we can praise, we can celebrate in that. That's a great promise to cling to. And so we're going to sing about that. I'm going to invite you to stand to your feet. I'm going to take a moment and get my guitar. And then we're going to sing about how the battle is his and that he's overcome for us.
0: Thank you for listening to the Calvary Baptist Church podcast. If you don't already have a church home, we invite you to join us in person each Sunday morning. Our contemporary worship service is at 9 a.m. And our traditional service is at 1115. For more information, be sure to check out our website, cbclr.org.